Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Riordan verse read-along podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey as we continue with the Lightning Thief story. With chapter 11 we visit the Garden Gnome Emporium and chapter 12 we get advice from a poodle. Now, these, or at least chapter 11, is a chapter that I'm pretty sure everyone has been waiting for me to get to, because I've brought it up on many different occasions, including the Greek God story, the Greek hero story, the diary of Luke Stillen, a couple of chapters at the start of Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, and pretty much every other episode, really. And, um, yeah, you're finally going to get the huge rant from myself that I've been promising from the very beginning um and i'm looking forward to getting to it but um as always while i may be going on a rant for chapter 11 um i've got my my points to focus on and i will try to stick to them as well so today we've got mythology character dynamics writing decisions and generally what i thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis Look out, fam. Fran's coming for you with Medusa-level rage. Don't worry, Auntie M. You may be trying to kill everyone, but Fran's got your back. Kinda. You you still sort of suck. The trio band together to take her down. Persassi makes his appearance, and I learn that there is such a thing as a pink poodle, and they have better reading comprehension than myself and most demigods. Hooray! (laughs) Yeah, my, not my um everyday kind of synopsis, but um, it's happened now, and um, I'm getting the anger out as soon as possible, just to, so it's not too high in the rage levels when I properly get in to these chapters, because I've got so much to say, and um, <laughs> oh, I've, yep, let's um. You know what let's just let's just get into it i'm sure that's what you guys are waiting for i know i'm waiting for it because it's gonna be fun for me i don't know about you guys but it's definitely gonna be fun for me so let us start with chapter 11 we visit the garden gnome emporium and this the overview of of this chapter the gods as percy should say suck Annabeth is not the best motivational speaker, but she gets the job done. We get more of a mini Annabeth backstory. Ha ha ha, I am now sad. Enter RTM's Garden Gnome Emporium, and my nightmare begins. 
Percy's good at thinking on his feet. Oh, no, that's his stomach thinking. Jealous of a boyfriend she had. Okay, I'm I'm a go be sick. Just one moment. Ugh. Finally, they get they get their. Finally, they get their heads in the game. Avoid all eyesight at all costs. Medusa knows something of Percy's destiny. There is pain at the end for him. Man, this boy can't catch a break. Gotta love a mutilated head as a present, I think. Stop with the terrible story, please. Just let Annabeth and Percy funnily bicker. No more bad stories, that's all I'm asking for. Convenient address is convenient, but Persassi Jackson is here, and I love it. And yep, that's 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 the overview for chapter eleven. Oh God, God no, I'm Emporium, Auntie M. This is just hell for me. Oh no, it's not hell. It's Hades, isn't it? Oh no, no, Hades is the person. It's it's the underworld for me. This is uh, the fields of punishment right now. Um, this chapter. I'm really sorry, Rick. I like I love your work. I love it all. But this, as I've said on so many different occasions, is probably the worst thing that could have come from this book. There there are a few other things that do happen later on which I will discuss when they come up, but this for me is the worst part. And now I'm going to put a uh, trigger warning, particularly for this section. Um, if I do remember, I will put in a time here to skip to if you don't want to hear anything that may or may not be triggering triggering sorry in relation to assault skip to 25 minutes and 33 seconds to miss out on anything that may be triggering um because yeah that's the story of medusa and so that's why i'm going to be looking at mythology first for this chapter so yeah this is what you guys have all been waiting for my rant on the dishonor to the story of medusa in this book and this chapter is just basically just riddled riddled with it and I've talked about it briefly in Greek gods Greek heroes and a few different occasions but I never wanted to go into detail because I wanted to save it for this um and as my dear friend Alex has said who has started uh listening to my podcast she may have caught up by now who knows um I used the word sanitize a lot in uh in those episodes like stories have been sanitized and you know what that ain't gonna change because I got some things to say about the disgraceful Aquaman today so for every time I say the word sanitize y'all can take a shot of water to stay hydrated because it's gonna happen a lot and you know what, look, I get that this is a kid's book. It is meant for a younger audience. It's not meant for me, technically, but I still love them. But to change a story and sanitise it and simplify it, and uh, this story is just so significant, and it's turning the victim of this story into a willing participant and that is disgraceful her whole story is literally that she was medusa was a victim of sexual assault 
and depending on the like the interpretations that can be taken um from the story whether it be that she was a I think it's like a Vestal version, I think that's the phrase, in in the Temple of Athena when she is assaulted by um, Poseidon within the temple because he thought she was beautiful. Um, That's that's kind of the main story there. As far as I'm aware, there's no versions where she is complicit, complicit, sorry, in what happens to her. I know there's new interpretations now of like Athena basically there's two different versions to do with what Athena does and why she gives her like the the snake hairs and stuff like that to turn people to stone. One interpretation which I think is based on the original is because obviously it's a dishonor in her temple with her being a vestal a possible vestal virgin for the temple of Athena that's a dishonor to Athena that not only has she technically though not willingly broken her virginal vow in the temple of her own goddess um that's like her punishment because she can't athena can't punish poseidon because he's a god there's this new version that's come out recently which actually i i kind of like i think it it's a really interesting interpretation and that is that athena gave her this power to turn people to stone particularly men were always her victims But she gave her this ability as a way of being like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. There's no way I can punish Poseidon. But by me doing this, I can make sure that you will never be a victim again. And I quite like that. It's like turning this, what's happened to her into, it's a really weird way of saying it, but into a powerful thing. So something that's making her not stronger for it because there's no way to be stronger from something like that but it's just it's giving a new way of story of her I don't know I don't know how to describe I'm trying I don't even know if I'm getting the interpretation right I've just seen it a few places where it's literally just the whole her being able to turn men to stone was her way of kind of getting her own back and being like I was a victim and now I will never be a victim again until Perseus turns up and you know screw Perseus in a way <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's the story that is the story but to turn that story and sanitize it for this audience by making her a willing partner of Poseidon and then have Athena be made into a petty jealous goddess who cursed her because of her actions and her actions alone is appalling and just not okay because uh, I, I literally kind of don't have any words it's just it's the most frustrating part of this chapter because uh, firstly also there's just so many things that I've said in the past especially in my Greek gods episode about the portrayal of the female characters in the Ryorden verse they get so much better later on but to begin with both in canon and fandom like i found that the fandom can be really biased when it comes to the female characters in the series i've done a few videos well i've done one so far i've recorded a few others about the portrayal of female characters like um the fact that for some reason people now completely and utterly hate annabeth not everyone of course but quite a lot of people hate annabeth um and 
I made a video talking about the reasons most of them bring up are kind of ridiculous. But it's the same with lots of things. And it's just, I I don't even know what to kind of say with it, but it's just, it's the way that they are written that can often be why they are taken that way by the audience like with Annabeth, like some of the things that she's done in this chapter, like being snappy with Percy and and stuff like that, people will take that as her being like a, a not a nice person and stuff like that. And Percy's kind of doing the exact same thing back, like they're being snippy with each other. But for some reason, Annabeth is the one who's going to be viewed as being unreasonable. And like, I just, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating and it's just it's a way in which lots of the female characters are written but by making Medusa now just as petty and then Annabeth later on when telling the story to Percy about what happened and also then blaming her for what happened to her in the discussion of Medusa's story it's just it's just not an okay thing for me I think it's it's and I'm just going to move on from that actually because as much as I want to keep going on about this and I could literally for the next (laughs) probably the next hour because they're just there are so many different ways in which that could have been dealt with so much better even for this younger audience and this is where the whole the writing decisions element comes in and it ties into the myth- so both the mythology and the writing decisions tie in together for this chapter because I just I think the way in which Medusa was portrayed a portrait portrayed sorry was an incredibly poor writing choice on Rick's part to change her story and making her the willing participant in a relationship because it wasn't a relationship that's kind of the whole point the story that we have in the myth is not a relationship it is is not a relationship it is an assault on a person that leads to her becoming a victim in two different ways or stopping herself from becoming a victim depending on the interpretation you now want to take but the just I think the thing is there is a way in which her story could have been written in this book that still had kind of the original connotations of what her story was in that she had an unwilling relationship with Poseidon and still kind of make it slightly kid friendly if that I I don't know how it would be done because it's just I'm kind of a little bit too annoyed to kind of come up with a reason at the moment but I think considering that we have literal death murder like we've literally at this current point we've had three murders yeah three murders so far and yes I know they go up in dust and stuff like that and it's not like an actual body but we have had multiple murders we've had various different things I think if we can do that in a child's story have very clear discussions of abuse both physical mental financial an emotional abuse in a in a romantic not even a romantic relationship in a relationship this could have been done so much better 
And I think it's just, it was a poor writing decision on Rick's part. And yes, like, I'm just going to say again, I do love Rick's writing. But this was just a poor decision. Firstly, because you could have just had not, you could have just not had her in the story. Like, bring in a different monster for this scene. For them to get the underworld addressed. Because that's kind of the only reason why this scene is happening. Firstly, because the reason why we have Medusa is because she's a well-known mythological figure. That's it. That is the only reason, really, why she is in this scene. She could have been so easily replaced and changed for a different monster. Because the only reason why they have this scene is so Percy can basically slam the gods with his sass and so they can get the underworld address. That is the only reason why they have this scene. So why bring in a monster you do not technically need for this scene to then sanitise the story change the way in which her character is actually meant to be put across in the original story for the sake of nothing it's just i don't know why it gets to me so much but i think it's just considering we know how dark mythology is and this is probably one of the darkest stories in in the origin of what it is it would have been so much better just to not have her in it. Like, I get... Okay, I get why she's in it. Firstly, because, obviously, she is a recognisable figure. But also, Percy's story as a whole is meant to represent Perseus's journey. Um, just kind of in terms of the hero's journey. Like, everything he has done, who he's fighting and stuff like that, and kind of the journey to save his mother, is all Perseus's story. From our discussion in the Greek heroes book we kind of get that here but still don't do it if the story you are changing is making a victim someone complicit in the action and then making it okay that that's why they were punished don't do it stop choose another that that's all i've got to say choose another mythological monster like literally i could literally google i'm I'm gonna do it now actually greek mythological monsters who else could we have had we could have had a cyclops we could have had a harpy we yeah no we could have had uh, we have oh no i can't say that yet but there are just these are the first five that literally come up on here not even medusa is one of the first here we have a cyclops a chimera cerberus a centaur which would have actually been quite interesting considering we've had a good centaur and a harpy those are the top five that are given for the first well it even says top five greek mythological creatures use one of them it's just i it would have just been so much easier to do that considering that most of those like a harpy doesn't really have a tragic backstory as far as i'm aware so what's the just use a harpy or something like that it's just i yeah sorry i i know i said i was going to keep going on about it but um it just needed to be said it was just it was such a poor choice and like i'm so glad that rick has grown as a writer because when was i don't actually know this percy jackson and the lightning thief 
publication date. I think it was like, two, was it 2005? Yeah, oh, I was right, yeah. June of 2005 was when uh, The Lightning Thief was published. And yeah, okay, very different time. Totally get that. And there are things that you can see in his writing that are very for his time. And he has grown so much as a writer since. Like the Charles of Apollo, Magnus Chase, all those sort of things are really, really good books. And you can see the growth in his writing as time has gone on. And it's a shame that it wasn't there when it started, but you can't expect everything. It's the same with like, I was going to say J.K. Rowling, but J.K. Rowling, we've got issues with her in general, so let's just not even go there. But yeah, I just think it's disappointing that that another choice could have very easily been made. So a story as personal as Medusa's original story is wouldn't have been sanitised, wouldn't have been made kid-friendly and basically have a victim end up being complicit and just as bad as the original perpetrator and kind of making it all her own fault in this story. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I may get, carry on with my rant later after this, but I feel like I should move on to the uh, the next chapters. The next chapters? The next chapter, because um, I really could just go on so much. And I feel like I'm just going to end up repeating myself. I think that's the thing here. And also at the same time, I don't want to go too much on the basis of Medusa's original story, because I know that things like that can be triggering in a sense and I know me discussing it like it's is triggering for me as well at certain points but I think it's just something that needed to be said because when I originally read Percy Jackson um I I knew quite a lot of mythology as a whole but I didn't actually know Medusa's original origin story all I knew was that I mean I kind of knew the version that we get in Percy Jackson like I thought she had been a romantic partner of Poseidon and they just had a rendezvous in Athena's temple and Athena got mad. I didn't actually realise the true depth of that story and even more horrific what it was. Mainly because I had been getting the sanitised versions of Greek mythology because as time has gone on the mythological stories really have been sanitised. And I think it's just, it's unfortunate that we kind of can't discuss the horrors that definitely did happen in history and have been written down and have been done like that without kind of being concerned about people knowing the truth of the stories because you've like yeah have a warning of course so people know yeah this story is going to be horrific don't read it if you can't handle it because you know things like that I would know to not read certain parts if that was in it but to not have the true story and to think something that is technically wrong in terms of the historical sense and then think that something in in a story that you're reading or something that you're reading that is a basis interpretation of that but of the wrong version of that I don't know what I'm talking about anymore am I making sense um I've kind of gone a little bit off topic but yeah, I just as a whole for chapter 11. I know I com- basically completely focused on 
the injustice of the Medusa story. I haven't really talked on much about the whole Annabeth Percy and Grover relationship, which does actually it takes a little bit of a stumble in in chapter eleven. Um, firstly, because you know Percy stupidly made the decision to trust Auntie M implicitly, um, even though both Grover and Annabeth were starting to think, yeah, no, this is a little bit dodgy. We should probably get out of here. And he's like, ah, no, it's fine. She gave us hamburgers. It's it's all good. Let's let's take a photo when she doesn't have a camera. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's like the rocky relationship stuff that does happen in chapter eleven, and that is important, but it's just not something I could focus on because of this story of Auntie M. Like the way in which she describes her story, the way in which Annabeth describes her story, the way in which like certain things that like, crop up in like in terms of like Medusa being shown as a petty, jealous woman just really gets me to the point that I just can't enjoy like the fight and the strategy that goes on between Annabeth and Percy and Grover as well with like his whacking Auntie M in the head with a stick with his eyes closed while flying which is pretty cool it just I kind of can't focus on it because that's all I can focus on is just this really kind of messed up version of Medusa's story when I know it would have been so easy just to have changed her character and her mythical monster figure to something else. Or just not have it whatsoever. <laughs> I just... I don't know. <sighs> okay. Let's get on finally, because I said a little while ago that we are going to do chapter 12, to the overview of chapter 12, we get advice from a poodle. Environmental activist Grover. Love it. Also, yes, Rick, talking about climate change back in 2005. We then get the story of Pan and what a searcher's license is. And damn, Grover has a tragic backstory too. These kids, man. Something's off about the quest. Of course it is. Yeah, dang, Grover getting us all in the feels evil dreams at work and Sally is seemingly a pawn in someone's plan. Sorry, Percy. A pink poodle saves the day. And here we thought it couldn't get any weirder. Oh wait, no, it does. The poodle told them where to get a train. Okay. Cool. And that's basically the summary of chapter 12 because nothing happens in chapter 12. It's, um, actually the most boring chapter thus far, well, other than some of the exposition dumps that we had earlier. This chapter literally does nothing. There, There is nothing that happens in this chapter that that kind of needed to happen, really. Um, other than the dream element, which totally makes sense, and I get why there was that, bleh, get why that was in there. Um, and, yeah, so... I don't know what it is. And also the chapter title is, considering that the poodle thing comes in in like the last two pages, don't get why it's called, we get advice from a poodle, but um, sure. But and for this chapter particularly, it's the character dynamics and then again the writing decisions that I think really played a big part in this chapter. We do get quite a few chapter dynamics carrying on from the previous chapter and then focusing in a little bit more in this one. Um, which it is cool, and I like that we do get more of, like, Grover and Percy, really, in this chapter. 
Um, so from the previous chapter and then this one as well, we're starting to get more of a feel for how our trio is going to work together. Um, particularly Grover and Percy, because they are literally the bestest of buds, to the point that while Percy doesn't accept what Percy, uh, what Percy says, what Grover is telling him, um, which, by the way, we learn that Grover can sense emotions, and he can tell that Percy was kind of happy and proud that his dad claimed him, and that the reason why he sent the head of the Medusa, of Medusa which, you know, just barbaric, um, to Olympus was to kind of get his dad's attention. And, like, Percy doesn't accept it. He thinks that's ridiculous. But the fact that Grover can tell him the truth that he knows and be straight up about that stuff with him, um, it's just it just shows how close they are as friends and how important they are to each other. And the fact that they respect each other, I think, is the thing here, that while Percy doesn't want to admit that that is true, and Grover can't tell him one of the things about what happened with his first, um, was it, was it he, he's called again? Oh God, uh, protector. Um, his first protector's thing that he did that went wrong. He can't tell him what happened with it. Uh, for some reason we still don't know. Plot convenience and all that. But, um, the fact that they are open with each other and they can tell when each other are lying like with Percy at the beginning and tell what each other are feeling just shows how close of friends that they are I really do I, I think that's one thing that I do like about this chapter is that we do get that discussion of like Percy being interested in what the searcher's license is about what the story of Pan is about and all these things because he knows that Grover is passionate about it and I just really like that we do get more development for their friendship because fandom really do not appreciate their friendship as as much as they should um so i'm gonna fight tooth and nail i may even make some merchandise um for grover and percy's friendship or something like that i don't know if you guys want that email me saying that you want grover and percy merchandise and i'll get that i'll, I'll get on it um but also we get a, a bit more exploration of like percy and annabeth's relationship and it's what's interesting is that the way in which it's developing is showing that it could kind of go either way um from like their arguments their back and forth bickering uh, occasionally standing up for one another like Percy complimenting her on her fighting Annabeth respecting his decision to come in and help them on the bus even putting his life in danger just so that they'd be okay they kind of they, they both have a long way to go but we can see that they'll kind of continue to learn more about each other. Like, we get a bit more of Annabeth's backstory for Percy and even Grover saying, you know, she she has had a hard time. Like, go easy on her. Like, you don't understand. And maybe that will kind of get Percy to look in deeper into Annabeth as a person and maybe get him to open up to her in turn. But we may see them learn more about each other and maybe their relationship will solidify over time as they develop as people and as a group but currently with their back and forth of being frustrated with each other and then being kind of on friendly terms we do have the sense that it could kind of go either way in that respects um it's, it's it, to give like a harry potter reference because how can you not it's like that sort of ron and hermione 
bantering element like they can be really mean to each other but they can also be really kind and friendly with each other at the same time as well i'm trying to think of some other trio friendship relationships i'm just gonna look at my bookshelf um uh is there any others i don't think there aren't many stories that have like friendship trios um that i've read at least um maybe the Gallagher girls with the the girls in that although there's there is four of them technically i guess um they've got a bit yeah they've got a bit of that okay you can say cammy becca liz and marcy i think it's marcy oh god sorry ali carter if you listen to this and i got the character's names wrong it's been a while but i'm gonna read that for a bonus episode in future for you guys so uh Hopefully you'll learn some more stuff then and I'll remember everyone's names. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting to kind of get a bit more of their dynamic for like all three of them. But even then I'm kind of, I'm, I'm slightly grasping at straws here because um, in terms of the writing decisions for this chapter, while, like I said, while the dream element is actually a really interesting device to build up what we can expect of the story and we get like small hints as to what may actually be afoot in terms of the thief storyline just the rest of the chapter is just really kind of boring i kind of want to say um and it's it's like those exposition chapters like at least although at least with the exposition dump chapters we learn something and there's something kind of we're getting from it other than at the end where we get sort of a plot convenience thing of this poodle giving them money well not the poodle doesn't give them money the poodle is the money because he's saying yeah you can give me back to my rich owners i don't want to go back to them but you guys need money so i'll do that so you can get money and then telling them where they can get a train what time the train is and all these sort of things the rest of this chapter just is a little but it's just all plot the poodle thing is plot convenience it's kind of a joke thing to put in for for the younger audience of oh it's a pink poodle who can read who grover can talk to who is from a rich family so you're now going to get money also knows when the trains are going on oh and percy's got to say hello to a pink poodle because otherwise the poodle will kill him (laughs) from the sounds of it um I just yeah other than like a bit of backstory for Grover sort of development of their friendship all it is is just plot convenience and then just the fact that nothing really of significance really happens I feel like this is just one of those chapters that is just kind of written for the state for the sake of story convenience but has no other substance i'm not really sure how it could have been improved really um maybe just kind of i think it's quite a short chapter actually as well hold on i'm just gonna check how many pages one two three four five six seven eight nine okay it's not actually as short as i thought it was it's nine pages um i don't know i i I don't know how it could have been improved full disclosure um but i just think maybe elongate it a little bit more have a little bit more interaction between the group maybe even have some i love them that we get moments with grover and percy but i feel like we need to get something more 
for Annabeth and Percy because currently we haven't seen anything really from them. They've had no real big like interactions with each other. Um, also same with Grover and Annabeth but obviously it's all from Percy's perspective so it's kind of difficult to have an Annabeth and Grover moment. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it can be improved. Um, how do you guys think? Like, if you guys enjoyed this chapter or didn't enjoy it, what do you think could have been improved for this? Because I just feel like it needed something just to kind of make it feel more significant to the plot other than the poodle element. If if you guys have your own thing that you think could have been put in or could have been included, um, email us at uh, thebestdamncampathotmail.com with your ideas of what could have been included or improved about this chapter because I'd love to know you guys' thoughts about this because I got nothing and I would totally take credit no I won't take credit for them of course I will let people know who came up with it um so yeah email those and I'll, I'll read them out next time because that'd be really interesting to get you guys' perspectives on how this chapter could have been improved um but yeah that's all I have for chapter 12 just overall for chapter 11 and 12 <laughs> these may be two of the most frustrating chapters for me of the book so far um i have just in general a lot of anger and just general dislike for them first one very obviously for just being awful in terms of mythology and character and the other for just being completely and utterly insignificant um both of them just could have been improved in so many ways like obviously chapter 11 change the monster or do a child friendly sort of version of Medusa's story or just not even bring up the relationship with Poseidon maybe or I don't know maybe just have it that she's just angry at maybe even have it that she's angry at Poseidon because Poseidon is the reason why she got turned into it. Oh my god, okay, I figured out how to improve it. Yeah, literally have it that she's both angry at Poseidon and Athena because what happened to her is because of the gods. She didn't have a choice in the matter. Don't even have to bring up the reason behind the choice, but have it that. But you could even say, like, Percy kind of brings this up in the Greek gods story a little bit. Uh, I think it's in the Greek. Is it the Greek gods or is it the Greek heroes? It may be the heroes one actually i'm not too sure um but have it brought up that she was used by them poseidon to kind of tick off athena and athena to kind of get back at poseidon being like well okay if you're gonna do that i'm gonna ruin someone's life and you now have to feel guilty about that for the rest of your immortal life or something like that have her be angry at both of those gods so she wants to punish both percy and annabeth because their parents ruined her life sorted bang on child friendly ish version of medusa's story that doesn't have her be the reason for her own victimization and finally we can also have poseidon also be a terrible god because for some reason throughout the series and this will come up on many different occasions poseidon is never a bad guy even though he is one of the worst gods in mythology (laughs) I feel like I'm yelling. I'm really sorry if I am. <laughs> okay, but yeah, no. Figured out how to improve that and, you know, sorted. 
for the other chapter, just make it a little bit more significant to the story. Like the dream plot. Brilliant. The rest, work on it a little bit more. And again, if you guys have ideas as to how that one could be improved, please do email us because I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, just as a whole, I kind of just really hope I won't be as frustrated in future to like the same level that I have been for this chapter in particular. Um, God, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, this is, I feel like my blood pressure has raised. Um, I've been in ice, maybe it's just because I've, so I've been, obviously, just as a whole, I hope you guys are all staying safe currently, when obviously this is going, we're all really worldwide in the midst of the COVID-19 um, pandemic, as it's now being classed. Um, I've been in social distancing, isolation sort of stuff from, from work for about a week now. Um, I had a week off prior. Well, I've basically kind of been not fully in work for like three, like nearly three weeks now. Previously due to um, a back injury and now for the social distancing thing. Um, and I'm kind of going a little stir crazy. So that may be why I kind of had more of a rant about this than than previously intended but um just because I'm going to start crazy but yeah no I'm glad that I've got this to go to because I can get all these frustrations out and see what you guys think um and I'm actually really looking forward to hearing you guys' feedback for for this um uh this episode so if you guys do have any feedback for me as to what you think of these chapters um and what you think of my analysis of of them i would really love to hear from you guys like before when i got that email from um from madeline um i've been i just i really want to hear what you guys think about about my analyses and if you enjoy them if you have the same thoughts if you have different thoughts um and with this one being something very specifically significant you know it'd be a be interesting to kind of hear what you guys have to say about it but as a whole chapter 11 and chapter 12 eh. <laughs> oh god okay um so yeah i'm just gonna round it all up really with um the segments that i've now officially brought in to the um end of the episode uh obviously last week i did have the hero of the week or whatever it's called i'm not having that this time because um i've been in social distancing so uh other than the fact that the day that i'm recording this it is mother's day in the uk not anywhere else because apparently the world can decide on when mother's day should be um i would just like to give a huge thank you to my fantastic mother uh she is literally the greatest mother in the world sorry sally jackson she is um she's a nurse so she is being on the front lines at the moment for covid19 um uh wishing her all the wellness obviously i'm gonna see her shortly and see her quite regularly but uh you know she's doing a really great job and to everyone who is having to um be basically on the front line really for COVID-19 like grocery workers uh first responders and all those sort of things you guys probably aren't listening to this because you know you're doing your jobs but you guys are all awesome I'm wishing you all the best health and saying to all of my listeners as well I hope you all are healthy you stay healthy keep yourselves hydrated exercise as best you can just to kind of stay healthy and you know not 
go stir crazy like I have a little bit, but um, <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to the segments though because I sidetracked a little bit again. Um, as I've been bringing in the song of the story for today is "Before He Cheats" by Carrie Underwood, and you want to know why? Because you know what? We need a revenge song of some kind for Medusa getting her own back on the awfulness of the gods and this is the song to do that. This is literally the coolest song I've ever heard and I kind of want to play it but at the same time I do not want to get copyrighted if that can even happen with podcasts. I don't, considering I've run one I don't really know much about like co- copywriting with podcasting so I'm not going to do it because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, but what I will do is I will read some lyrics. I'm not going to sing it because as we have learned in the past when I sang the <laughs> Teddy Bear's Picnic song, um, I can't sing. So, as she says in the chorus, I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive, carved my name into his leather seats. I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights. I slashed a hole in awful tyres. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. And you know what? Firstly, definitely a song for um Hera. <laughs> Hera girl, I got you. Um, also, you know what? Yeah, I 100% approve Medusa getting revenge on Poseidon and technically Perseus too because you know he chopped off her head like girl deserves to like murder the boy um <laughs> but yeah before he cheats by Carrie Underwood go check it out when you are reading chapter 11 100 percent um and then probably uh, uh John Lennon so yeah imagined by John Legend for uh, John Legend John Lennon for uh, chapter 12 probably for like the environmental sort of message but yeah that is the song of the story now before i move on to uh discussing last week's question of the episode and getting on to today's question of the episode i actually got some reviews on apple apple podcast um which was very very cool um i'm sorry that i'm i i actually had these before but i completely missed them last week i've for some reason my app doesn't actually have ones for like people in the US and in a few other countries they only come up online for some reason I don't really know why um so I that's kind of why I miss these but um yes I'm looking these were lovely so I will read those out now so from Billy Billy Boo Boo and I love that by the way I love these because they help me focus and I always listen to them while doing homework that is very nice and I I wish you luck with all of your homework um and I I hope I don't distract you too much from your homework because education is important PSA from Fran (laughs) uh then from Sophie Kittenlove I just like the podcast smiley face okay that was that did make me smile especially with the smiley face at the end I'm glad you like the podcast and then from dragon fox goddess eclipse daughter of hades awesome keep it up explanation mark is it exp- no is it explanation mark or is it explanation point i'm gonna google because i'm dumb <laughs> explanation mark i think i spelled explanation wrong anyway actually hold on i did 
Oh, it can, uh, in American English, it's exclamation point. Okay, I was doing it right because I'm English, so I should be doing the English versions of stuff, which I get told a lot because I say in American versions of things too because I watch lots of American television because British television isn't as interesting. <laughs> but thank you to everyone who has left Apple Podcast reviews. And for anyone who does listen on Apple Podcasts, um, if you are able, and I know I mentioned this at the end, please leave a rating and review because any rating and review that I do get will help me be found more by, by other listeners and by other Percy Jackson um, fans. Um, and if you guys can share it, of course, 100% will appreciate you sharing the podcast to your friends and all those sort of peoples. But to get on to what all you guys are waiting for, last week's question of the episode. Out of the characters from Percy Jackson... Who would you most want to be your friend, and why? Now, of course, I can't always get all the answers from everyone, but um, these are the main highlights of the answers that I got. So, from Pippin Loves Books, Annabeth, because we talk about all the best books, and she's been my favourite character since the beginning. Yes, Pippin, I like you. I like you very much. Because, yes, Annabeth is one of my favourite characters. Uh, Talia and then uh, another character from a later series are like my top, but Annabeth is like like second at least and she deserve, I think she deserves a lot more love than she, she has been getting in recent years. Uh, from Demigod Quest, who I adore, their, their page is awesome, um, on Instagram I mean, um, they answer with, if it was a side character I'm choosing... I choose the Stoll brothers. I don't know if we've met the Stoll brothers. I think we've briefly met... Yeah, no, we have briefly met the Stolls, I think. Um, uh, they continue with, I would not want to be on the receiving end of their pranks if they didn't like me. And they're some of my fave side characters, and I'd vibe with them. You know what? Yeah, no, I feel like there needs to be more respect for some of the side characters in the series. Like uh, Charles Beckendorf, Stoll brothers, Selena Beauregard... Uh, who are some other side characters? Um, Michael Yu. Um, I'd say Will Solace, but he kind of gets it more later on. But at the start, yeah, probably him as well. Lee Fletcher. Uh, yeah, so lots of other side characters. They need they need more loving. Um, then from Megan Newark, we get if we're talking PGO, it's Grover. He's a sweetie and funny and quirky. Plus, he really cares about people, animals, and the environment. Yes, Megan, love it. Yes, no, I think if it was just talking about PGO, it would, and excluding the hunters, my fam, for me, it would be Grover as well. I think Grover would be, like, the person I would want to be friends with. Just because I feel like we're both very emotional people, so we'd be really supportive of each other. And yeah, I love that he is like passionate about people, animals, and the environment. Love that. Great answer. Then from one of my returning dudes, daughter of Aries 56. That's a rough one. I would love to have Percy as my friend and others, but I think the best opinion is Annabeth. She is smart and to have to have her as a friend would be awesome because she would give me good advice when I'm in a rough situation or don't know what to do. Not to mention that she would help me study. Yes, 100%. Annabeth would be like the best cure for procrastination like ever. Um, so yeah, totally agree and vibe with that, my friend. Um, and then to end with, my other returning dude, 
Hot Stuff Valdez, and I wonder who they are going to come up with based on that username. Their answer? Definitely Leo. Now for those, obviously this is not a character currently in Percy Jackson, but Leo is a character from the Heroes of Olympus, which of course I will eventually get to. They say definitely Leo because I feel like we would get along really well. I personally think that Leo and I have pretty similar personalities. I also think having an extroverted and outgoing friend is really fun. Lastly, it's Leo. Who would not want to be friends with Leo? Laughing face. Just going to put it out there. Me. <laughs> oh, I would not want to be friends with Leo. But that is just my personal opinion. Please, guys, do not come for me. Um, I'm very fragile. Um, I can't take too much criticism. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got to say, quite a lot of people did say leo in the the comments um so i i didn't bring everyone in just because obviously leo was a very resounding answer um <laughs> uh and i can get why just personally he is not to my taste just because i don't like him and you could tell you can probably tell that from my youtube channel for anyone who uh just subscribed to me there which um you know if you guys aren't a healthy dose of rank go subscribe now notification bell please and thank you doing a bit of asmr so that is the end of last week's question of the i'll stop doing that now um, <laughs> so that is the end of the answers for last week's question of the episode if you do want to read the rest of the answers they will be on the instagram post that you can go check on at instagram at best damn camp pod um, but for today's question of the episode relating to today's discussion point, <laughs> our episode question is, what mythological story do you think should have been explored or improved in the Ryordanverse? Now this can be just for Percy Jackson and the Olympians or it could be for any of the other books. Um, obviously any answers that are given that do have slightly spoiler things, um, I'll try and kind of not bring up the spoiler elements but yes the question is what mythological story do you think should have been explored or improved in the Ryolden verse and I can't wait to hear you guys' answers you can send them on Instagram Twitter you can DM us on either of those you can message us on our Tumblr or you can email us your in-depth answer and please I would love more emails of like analyses and discussions from you guys because it is literally like one of the highlights of my day when I do get emails um but yes as always I want to thank you all for joining me today for chapters 11 and 12 of the lightning thief be sure to join me next time when we continue our riled inverse journey now to plug where you can find our podcast and support us we are available on Spotify, where you should hit the follow button. Apple Podcasts, where you should leave a rating and a review. Audio Boom, where I, I don't think you can do any of those things. Stitcher, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. And Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and on Tumblr at thebestdamncamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com. Email is in the episode notes if I spoke too fast. And I will read out your thoughts at the end of the show if you wish me to. 
Also, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Fran, for more Percy Jackson content, and drop me a follow at A Healthy Dose of Fran on Instagram and at A Dose of Fran on Twitter. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I have been Fran, your very own hunter, and I will see slash speak to you guys next time. Bye.